Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is a man who thinks that life is good, but it can be better. It's Frank. How are you today? <laughs> it can be better. I'm good, yeah. but I could be better. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh. this show is this show is good. But it can be better when you start talking. That's that's yes. the it gets that's, better immediately. It does. It does. Uh, what would make this show better for me would be if you told me what you're drinking today. I am still on my Belgian kick, um, uh. and so I am drinking a Hogarden, uh. um, which is the original Belgian wheat beer. Um, is it? Yeah, or it, it's as old as 1445. Uh. Did you know that that Hogarden is that old? I think I knew that actually. Hogarden being the town in Belgium where the monks crafted their little their ale, and they the company now makes their recipe makes their recipe um, from you know almost six hundred years ago, yeah. which is which is crazy. Hogarden is the um, I first had a Hogarden in Paris of all places hmm. um, on the uh, the the Paris trip, as it is known. Yes. If I was um, on a sitcom. <laughs> and uh yeah it was wonderful and whole garden is great i love it so much i would say it's pretty standard as far as wheat beer goes coriander orange peel you know the like but it's delicious and it, it the um it's smooth right frank it is it's i love uh whole garden it is one of my favorites uh and yeah it's one of i would say whole garden got me on the belgian kick and that's what absolutely opened me up mm-hmm. to you know, Belgians being my my favorite style of beer. Same, uh, Belgian Belgians are my favorite. Yeah. Yep, and and the people really they're they are lovely. I and, the and the frites and the frites and the frites, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the frites mm-hmm. and the frites. Cool. What are you drinking? Frit, you frit spirit there. Um, I am so I'm also drinking a Belgian. Uh, oh, I am f- working through a stash of Belgian beers that I was given for Christmas. Um, so I get to spend January drinking Belgian beers and, um, this one is one I didn't, I had not heard of. My wife got me a very nice selection of Belgian beers from a local beer shop that I guess has like 600 beers or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she picked up a, a whole big variety pack for me for Christmas. And this is a Corson Donk Christmas ale, which I have never heard of. Um, but look, it's got like a, a stained glass, uh, it's a pretty bottle label. It's, it's, a, very it's got bottle. a Madonna and child in the it middle. Does, of it. Yes. Yes. And it's sort of a, uh, sigil that, um, 
uh, sort of looks like a pipe organ or something or a church around yeah, there. Um, but yes, got a Madonna and Child on the on the bottle. Uh, very nice art. And uh, it is a brown ale and it's delicious. Um, it is, it has that very um, powerful, like uh, nasal, you know, notes mm-hmm. that you get from a Belgian. Yep. Mm. You know, without, if you don't know things about beer, when you say powerful nas- nasal, th- that doesn't sure. that sound sounds gross. It doesn't sound appealing when I say it. No, I know. I guess it doesn't. No, no. But but I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I like your nasals. Thank yeah. you. Powerful, mm-hmm. powerful nasal notes. That's that's what we uh, that's what we promise you here on Beer with Geeks. That's that is the Beer with Geeks guarantee. Powerful nasal notes in every episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in every bite. In every <laughs> bite. <laughs> powerful nasal notes in, in every, every bite. ear bite. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yeah. heard you work in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know it, huh? I'm off no. the clock now. Oh, I'm off good. the clock. Yeah. I, don't, it's all away. I leave that it's behind. A, it's like education. I I don't have to remember things, dates, literary <laughs> no, devices. I, I, I try authors, to keep that. I whatever. Keep my work and uh, it's work life balance. You know, I try to have a separation there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your work life balance. I turned my brain off. When the work day is done. Yes, that's yeah. it. And I hope I can rev that engine by the time the day starts <laughs> 9 a.m., I'm like, oh, crap, got to start this thing again. Yeah, you got to uh, jiggle the key a bit and then, like, you know, jiggle the steering wheel and shift the, the shift lock. You know, these are the things that I need in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day in the morning, um, uh, HBO Max released... Wonder Woman 84. Yes, sir. Um, the much-anticipated sequel to Wonder Woman, uh, which came out several years prior. We've been waiting to see this movie for a long time, and the the hour was finally upon us. Did you watch... Were you able to watch on Christmas Day? I watched it the next day. I the next the day. Next day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm. So, we haven't really talked too much about this movie uh, nope. offline, and uh, there obviously are a lot of very um, strong opinions about it one way or, or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, perhaps um, predictably, I kind of come down somewhere in the middle because I, I, I don't think it was as good as the the first Wonder Woman film. Yep. Um, one we could say, it was good, but it could be better. Hey! <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. Honestly, that would be, and, and yeah, like that's the joke, but like, it, honestly, that's kind of the truth. Um, I think that it, Definitely has third act problems. Um, sure. I think that uh, my biggest takeaway from this movie is that while it's just okay, and it, it could be better, um, it's not terrible. And I, I feel like a lot of the, just even watching it one day after release, I was already hearing the, like, this movie sucks. Um, and so I was bracing myself. And maybe this is, has to do partly with how, why I feel the way I do. I was bracing myself for something truly awful. And then it was like, fine. It's, it's not great. But it's fine. And and I think it's um it actually if you watch it and and literally imagine you're reading a comic book, like it it's a comic book. It is a comic to book. Life. I and agree. so a lot of the mm-hmm. f- things that are that are f- flawed it's it, a lot of the flaws are uh suffer from that. Like they're it's, it's a decent comic book story and maybe not a super strong movie. But, yes, but it's a decent comic book story. I agree. I that's a that's a good assessment. I think film Twitter or just Twitter in general has a heart. It's either a masterpiece or 
travesty. travesty. Yeah, there's there's no there's no in there's no in between. Either that scene was iconic or you're trash. Yeah, you know, and and so, um, so seeing the division online like this and that, I was like, oh, so it's probably somewhere. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Then you know, yes, (laughs) like if you can't agree, it's probably just a fine movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It went by really quick. I think for two and a half hours. Um, I thought it did a, a, a service to to Wonder Woman. It gave her it gave her a strong arc. Um, it had good action sequences. It was fun. I got to see more strong chemistry between um, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, mm. and and I got some Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig action. Yeah. Like you know, I I wasn't looking for much more than that, and and it delivered on those things. Um, so and I think, I think, um, it was pl- it was playing with the tropes of the eighties. Yes, and I don't think people were expect. I don't think people were expecting that, and I, I think it threw people because this is a we're in the middle of the nostalgia part or moving out of the nostalgia of the eighties, which aren't really playing with eighties tropes so much as using them over again. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, like those kids are neighborhood kids who solve a problem. You know, that's not that's not changing the trope. That's just reusing it. You yeah. know, yeah, that's, that's right. And, and and so what Wonder Woman did is basically take the 80s body swap movie and raise some and raise some questions about and raise some questions about it. Um, you know, it took the. Uh, um, the material, the absolute materialism of the '80s, which is also currently reflected in the 21st century um, right now, and it said, "This isn't great, everyone." Yeah, and that was a pretty that was a pretty clear message, like that it was like taking an '80s thing and applying it to today, right? And like sort of um, teaching us a lesson for today that we can learn from our recent history. That's right, and I I think um, I, it's certainly not everybody who disliked it, but I I think sometimes when a film can get preachy like that or a superhero film, and somebody doesn't really want to hear that message, it becomes bad. You because know, it, because you can immediately write it off as cheesy, right? As cheesy or or you know just a, a bunch of like okay, dad, like okay, mom, telling me that I should eat my vegetables. That's right. Um, people will immediately write it off if it doesn't. Yeah, if it's something that they're not really primed to hear. That's right. Yeah. And I think a part of that might have been that just people weren't primed to hear it after 2020. Yep. I think that could be, uh, you know, there's there's a, in some ways a difference between escapism and escapism with a lesson. And I don't know if people were looking for a strong lesson. And so maybe it just played to the wrong ears on Christmas Day, no less, the day after people get stuff. Really, they they ask for stuff and they get it mostly, you know, and, and um, you know, to a certain part of the world, and and then there's a and then they watch a movie at night with their families that say, hey, you know, like you wanting and needing things mm-hmm. that's actually not great for the world. If you're if you have HBO Max, you are probably privileged enough um, mm-hmm. that that was the kind of Christmas you you had or something like it. Um, and so if you have HBO Max and you're watching this movie, yeah, it, it is exactly that message that you just that you just uh, espoused. Like it's it's like, hey, this materialism is, is not great. And not just materialism, but like, you know, thinking 
thinking of yourself first to to the way that Pedro Pascal's character sort of encouraged uh, people to do. That's right. Um, put, putting it's yourself mis- in your needs first. Right. It's not a mistake. This movie ends at Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. The season of perpetual giving. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the, the idea is like the way that it's, it's certainly even shown in the film is that, you know, this is the idea like sacrificial love, like you're giving of yourself. That's what Diana represents in the film because yeah. she has to sacrifice her love for Steve in spoilers for Wonder Woman 84. Um, she has to sacrifice her love for Steve all over again. Um you know, before it's not her telling everybody, oh, you should be good, you know, like Santa Claus, who is perpetually nice, except for the Rudolph Santa Claus, who's a mean jerk. Right. Um, so um, and skinny and skinny. Who's ever heard of a skinny Santa Frank? I mean, come on. Um, uh, you know, she she leads by example, even if the world doesn't really know that the audience knows that the yes. audience watches her say goodbye twice and this is a woman who doesn't is not used to saying goodbye to things really i mean we're when we're introduced to her in wonder woman she lives on an island of immortal people yes she's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years already she's not used to saying goodbye to things especially people um antiope is the first person that she's really had to say goodbye to that's right yeah and then she says goodbye to themiscara and then presumably she has to say goodbye to everybody that she knows when they die when they die in the you know um you know 70 or so years that she's been she's been around but obviously when we meet her at the beginning of the movie she's cut herself off from people mm. right she you know she doesn't hang around she's not a symbol of hope or anything like that she's just like i'm in and i'm out um she the first person that she seems to have connected to in 70 years is um oh my gosh dr minerva what is her first name barbara barbara thank you um I just was very formal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, she worked hard to get that doctorate, and she exactly. deserves to be called doctor. Yeah, she has a lot of degrees. Yeah, she does. She yes, said, she does. You know, as yeah, she, as tons of them. Yes. So many. Um, and so I, um, and so I, I liked what they did with her character. They like really they they took the time to explore yeah. that her as a person. And Wonder Woman, kind of like Superman, in a lot of ways, sits in that category of people who do not understand that they are also people with feelings yeah. and emotions and wants and needs and desires. And I think that I think this movie came across. I think this movie got that across very well, while also wrapping up the Steve Trevor Wonder Woman storyline. Yeah, I, I completely I completely agree and. and- I think another another thing this movie does really well um, are it, it has a really good sense of Wonder Woman, um, Wonder Woman's brand of heroics. Um, in that, like at the at the beginning of the movie, like you said, when she's sort of um, you know appearing and disappearing and just sort of doing doing uh, saving the day in, in a bunch of different. Mm-hmm. Um, cases, I I thought that that very much rang like a Superman movie to me. That 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 sequence um, where she is just like doing a bunch of like almost every day saving of people. Um, yes, really, yeah. really dug that, and I I thought that was a really a good shorthand to show us like what she's been up to, um, what her um what she represents to people, which as you said, is like, it's not really the, she hasn't been like the symbol of hope and everything that, that um, she sometimes uh, can be. Cause she's being very sort of anonymous in the way that she's um, 
at the beginning of the film is is handling things. I thought that they did a really good job of it communicated a lot very concisely, and it was a lot of fun to watch that 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 scene. Um, I agree. For me, that's like the kind of super heroics that I enjoy is sort of the everyday stuff and the and the like doing it just because the right thing to do, mm-hmm. um, and and not necessarily needing it to be a you know, the world is in the, is in peril and I need to save the day, just like sort of getting a cat out of a tree type of stuff. I, I really enjoy when they infuse that stuff. Because um, they're just good people for the sake, and they're doing good for the sake of doing good, not yeah. because it's out of some um, need of the world's going to collapse in on itself, which right. is what we get to. We, but... we, get, we get there later in the movie, but I enjoy yeah. when there's both of those things. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree, especially even when she's taking the time to, you know... Um, comfort save the child it's not just about you know i gotta stop these guys and screw the collateral damage it's like i'm going to stop everybody and in this movie she uses um non-offensive weapons like really like there's no sword um it's all tiara and bracelets and shield lasso um not uh, tiara lasso yeah not shield um and so they they are uh, in some ways non-combative you Mm -hmm. know they're almost like um um, to protect more than and yes. defend more than um, um, more than harm, and I, yeah. I like that about the direction they took for her. What did keeper you think? Of the peace, yes, not keeper a soldier. Of the peace. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what did you think of the invisible jet? I thought that was a clever way to do the invisible jet. I thought that was I thought that was really fun. It, it gave Diana like a bit of a power that we've never really seen her yeah. use or do before. And she was like, Oh, I've been trying to turn things invisible. I only managed like a, like a, whatever, a tennis ball or whatever she had said. Um, and, uh, but now I can do a jet. And I was like, okay, this is a, it's funny that some of the things that like a movie about an immortal yeah. princess, Amazon, Amazonian princess there's some body swapping there's a magic stone like in the, for wishes and like all this different stuff and I'm like but the invisible jet eh that mm. yeah I thought it I weirdly think the invisible jet is was an unnecessary nod in, in some I ways agree. I agree I, it actually kind of made me like it, it, that was the one thing I kind of rolled my eyes at I was like come on really not the one thing but it was like one of the first things where I was like alright maybe that's a little Hey, it's a little cheesy, guys. Like, I, I, I appreciate the fan service. That felt like a Jeff Johns thing to me. Um, sure. Oh, this movie, if you're familiar with Jeff Johns' work, you, a lot. It's, it's Jeff Johns all, it's Jeff yeah. Johns all over the place. Honestly, and, and, as I, I am Jeff Johns fan, like, number one, um, but I think that a lot of the things that were not great about this as a film Prob- felt like Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. I agree. So I, I agree. I, I like his comics. I like a his lot. comics. I like his comics, but, but yeah, maybe not. A, maybe feel, not a screenwriter. I usually feel that way about anything that he ends up writing for TV, like his his um, Smallville episodes that he wrote. I mm. I don't think that those are the strongest episodes. It's just a different medium writing for comics and writing for, for television or movies. And he gets the characters. Like I, I, I guess it has nothing to do with um, characters, but some story beats lines of dialogue. It's just, you know, like you're just writing for a different audience in a film. Yeah. You know, and I, I just don't, that just felt like a, it was a shoehorned moment, but I appreciated it all the same, I guess. Um, what was weird to me is that a, a guy who basically just used a joystick to fly a plane before could fly a fighter jet. 
that was the um that was the suspension of disbelief that I had a hard time following yeah. through with. Like, like you've established the rules of this world. You know what I mean? She can swing from a lightning bolt with a lasso. No problem. Sure. That's great. It's all magic. You're just a regular person who might be body swapped in from, you know, a magic stone. But I, but you're just supposed to be the regular person to who you always were. Yes. The only thing that kind of bridged it to me is that the guy was an engineer or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And so I thought that, like, okay, so maybe, like, Steve has some of that guy's know-how and skills intact just because why not? I, I just sort of headcanoned it where, like, okay, he's got Steve's, you know, identity and memories and stuff. Maybe he's got his, like, muscle memory, too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just sort of – that's just how I – uh, explained it away in my own mind, but yeah, it is sort of yeah. like it, there's a few things it, that are a little bit of a stretch. If I was a kid, I wouldn't care, and if wouldn't I was a kid would not who, as an adult, was talking about this movie, I said, well, "Just because it is, shut up." That would be my answer. Yes. Like it doesn't yes. actually, it doesn't matter. You know, if it was a eternal... comic book, if it was a it comic doesn't... book, I wouldn't have the same issue. That's right. Yeah, to your point, it's the Grant Morrison thing, like uh, a kid. If you're if kids watching The Little Mermaid, they do not demand to know how the crab is talking or yes. singing. An adult demands to know how that works. Yes. Like and like, sorry that like at the end of the day, it's not meant for you. It's, it's just, really right. not meant. It's not meant for the unimaginative adult. And so that's sort of you know partway through the movie, I was starting to to think to myself because again, I was trying to. I had seen. I hadn't seen spoilers, but I had just seen that the general opinion was sort of meh on this movie, and some people even saying like, "Oh God, that was horrible." So I'm like, "All right, I'm trying to justify in my mind as I'm as I'm going through the movie, like, what exactly is that's what is horrible about this? Because so far, it's just it's fine, but it's it's not horrible. It's not offensive to me in any way. And uh, and w- moments like those were a little bit like, okay, I can see where maybe you know an adult wanting um a different kind of movie wouldn't wouldn't appreciate it but i also feel like it's maybe adults who are not comic book fans per se like they mm-hmm. like superhero movies but maybe it's it's a lot of people and not exclusively i'm i'm sure we'll get emails from people who are like well i'm i've been reading wonder woman forever and and i didn't like the movie and that's fine but i do think that a lot of a large contingent of the people i personally saw complaining about it on twitter um are people who i know are less in the comics fandom uh, mm-hmm. and maybe came to superheroes through TV and movies. That's right. And that is a, that is a different kind of superhero fan mm-hmm. than a comic reader. It's not like, it's not all the same basket. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's, it's really multi, it's like a multi-layered tea cake kind of thing, yes. you know? And, um, yeah. And it has some nasal notes and, and it's exactly, yeah, very powerful. Exactly. Ones. Very powerful nasal, nasal notes. notes Wonder yeah. Woman 84. Mm-hmm. Um, Not I, for everybody. It's just, no. Um, but going off of more characters, let's talk about, um, Barbara Minerva. You know, you have Kristen Wiig doing the, the eighties trope though. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, no one notices me because I wear glasses and then she doesn't wear glasses and people notice her. Yes. Um, but it's all because she wishes to be like Diana. Right. And we see established early in the film that even though Diana does not give attention to anybody, attention certainly comes her way, partly mm. to comment on the toxic masculinity of the eighties and the present day. Um, yes. You know, um, partly just be to showcase that, 
people like love Diana just in general. People fawn over Diana just because it is it is who she is. There's something quote unquote magical about her. Sure. Um and and Barbara wants some of that magic for herself and by but becoming but by wishing for that, she's robbing Diana of herself, right? It's like a power tran- a slow power transference. Yes. Uh, which I liked because it, it raised the stakes for Diana. Uh-huh. Um, sort of. Like I mean, you know I mean, you know she's I mean, like, within gonna reason. survive, but yeah. you know, yeah. still. But it does raise the stakes for Diana, which is good. Um, who can go toe to toe with, you know, Doomsday or Superman or whatever. And, um, you know, Steppenwolf, you know, so it's not like we know she's powerful. Uh, Ares, the god of war, you know, we know she's powerful. Um, so so I, I liked that. And I also liked that it gave reason for her to become a bad person. Like, you know, again, that yeah. the idea of like what you want is is not what you need. Those are two different things. So in like I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but general rule of character development for um for anything for for writing is that character has four four basic things they have a want a need a lie and a ghost um and the character like the 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 lie is what they believe about the world um that ends up not being true uh the ghost is something that they're haunted by um whether that be a literal ghost or something from their past or, you know, something like that. Um, the want is something that they think that they desire. Sometimes it's the MacGuffin of the story, mm-hmm. you know, like anything like that. But the need is something deeply uh, ingrated in something in ingrated in them um, that they might not even know that they, they want themselves. Uh, and so I thought this movie, I thought the writing did that very well for, for all of, for its three for its main uh, character and its two part- antagonists, yes. I thought Diana's. I thought Diana's with you know the difference between like wanting, accept, wanting acceptance in the world and wanting you know and feel like she, wanting to be with Steve, but really needing to let go of Steve. Those are two different things, right? She wanted Steve back, but she really needed to let go of the past. Um, and because that is what she is haunted by. See how they all tie together. Um, I thought that, um, Barbara's was, I thought that Barbara's was pretty strong because like she wanted, she wanted to be like Diana. That's her wish, but she really wants to be recognized for her own person, Mm. for her own strengths. She rattles off all these degrees that she has with Diana. Like she's strong. She's like, she's, she's a remarkable person on her, like unto herself. She drops off food for a homeless man. Like she clearly has always done, you know, like that, you know, she's a good person. Mm -hmm. And so, but the want gets in the way of the need. Yeah. Uh, And then, and I, and, but then her need, and then, but then her want becomes the apex predator, right? To become yes. the, you know, to become um, something better, which also weirdly to me felt like comic, but yeah, not it, in it a was. great way. Yeah. It was like, I need to make her cheat us somehow. So let's do it this way, I guess. And, and that's, I could have done without Cheetah in this movie. Like, I, I don't think Cheetah was necessary to tell this story. I feel like Cheetah was an add-on because it's one of the most well-known Wonder Woman villains and you want to, you want to, you know, you're doing a sequel, you want to play with the rogues gallery. But I think Maxwell Lord was enough um, for this story. And I don't really think Cheetah was necessary. And, and 
honestly, there was a lot of, I feel like the beginning of, uh, you talked about Kristen Wiig's, you know, the, the, the trope of the woman wearing glasses who no one notices and then she gets a makeover and everyone suddenly is, is all over her. That, parts of her, her especially as she, as she went on to become Cheetah towards the end, I was getting some Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle vibes off of totally. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and it's, it was hard for me to tell how much of it was sort of tongue-in-cheek we're doing an 80s trope and how much of it was maybe just not the best choice. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I I hope it was intentional, but but it didn't really come off that that way. My guess is that it was intentional because the Steve body swap thing is also intentional. Yes. Right? That's an intentional 80s trope. It's big, but... You know, but Wonder Woman. Right. Right. And so, um, not exactly big because the person that Steve is was not a child. But, um, uh, it's, um, I I would say that it's intentional, but both of the, both, both of those tropes are played earnestly. And I think that's that's probably where it doesn't exactly, they don't exactly land because, I get that you're supposed to be making fun of them, but because everything is so earnest, you're not actually really making fun of them. There's a fine line between parody and imitation. Like, mm-hmm. there's a fine line between... You were saying before, there is, there is um, you know, poking fun at tropes or, or doing a spin on a trope, and then there is just doing the trope and just mm-hmm. being like, look, see, we did the thing. Remember this from the 80s? And it's like, yeah... You're not saying it. You're not making a commentary on it, though. You're just doing it, mm-hmm. and that's right. and that's that's sort of. I guess that's that's what I'm getting at. With I felt like Cheetah was a little bit like they weren't saying anything. They didn't have a point of view on the trope. They didn't um, have commentary on it. They just sort of did it and just mm-hmm. like okay, uh, you, you did it. That's right. I think the commentary part of it would be the transference of power. I think that was supposed to be the commentary on it, but it also was a plot device. And so like, it just like it worked, but it didn't work. Like I maybe had to think about it too hard. Um, Cause even yeah. I, was, I watched it with my wife on Christmas, on Christmas night. And before, you know, Cheetah starts before um, Barbara starts to become quote unquote, become evil. She was like, like, how are they going to explain that she's a villain? Like that was her question. Like how? Did, like this is a nice person. Like was she's yeah. gonna be evil all of a sudden? And then you start to see like where it goes. And I was like, well, that answered there. I guess it answered your question. Yes. So in some, so in some ways, it did it well because my wife's question is like, this is not an evil person, and I don't believe that she's going to be evil. And then by the end of the film, she was like, well, magic. I, you know, that's fine. It makes <laughs> That'll sense. do it. Yeah. What I do. Yeah. Like about the end of her arc is that after her apex cheetah fight and all of that stuff, which I thought she looked very good. I liked the design a lot. Yeah, they avoided cats, and that was um, yes. primo. Well, that would have gone full Selena Kyle then, right? Like, well, <laughs> no, she does not become a giant CGI cat at the end of Batman. Well, Returns. no, I mean, if there were if there were cats, it would have been like like the cats in the alley with her. Like, <laughs> oh no, oh, yeah, just a bunch of cheetahs come out of nowhere and start <laughs> licking her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Uh-huh. Um. Um. What I did like is that you know she has her like Luke in the sunset moment, the binary sunset moment, and she's like staring off into the distance, and you don't really know if she's sorry, if she 
got a taste for power and wants more of it. She rattles off all of her degrees, including some zoology, biochemistry right, stuff. Yeah. You know, all those things that like make comic book supervillain scientists. <laughs> yes. You know, so maybe she's not, you know, she she got the taste for it and needs to find her own way to do it again. She's going to like bioengineer it. Right, and I, I think that would be that would be interesting to see her come back and, and do something like that. Because um, I thought Krista Wig did a good job at like the role she was handed, and I would like to see, I would like to see more of um, the evolution of of her. Um, I, don't know, so I saw somebody online tweet that like the the saddest moment you didn't see in Wonder Woman eighty four is Bruce Wayne having to say goodbye to his wished back parents. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably true. Yeah. Like really, I mean that's that hurts yeah. a lot. That yeah. hurts. Um, let's talk about Max Lord. We haven't talked about yeah. him yet, and we both love Max Lord from the comic books. I do. Um, um, I liked. Pedro Pascal's performance. It was a different Max Lord than was, I'm used to. Um, it's the Max Lord of the 80s, for sure. Justice League International, mm-hmm. like, I'm a businessman, I'm Gordon Gecko, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. That style. So, um, but um, it felt like it could have been almost anybody. Like, it didn't have to be Max Lord. It was yeah. almost a weird waste of Maxwell Lord as a character. I, I got to agree with you. Yeah, it could have been anybody. That could It could have been, been Simon Stagg, who was yes. in this movie, yes. which was fun. I did not expect that. Um, but it could have been him. Could have been. Like, yeah, yeah, you could have picked anybody. But they picked, I mean, they put put the most you know popular name on, on it, I guess. But yeah, really, it, there was nothing you know unique to Maxwell Lord. Um about uh, pa- this portrayal, but Pedro no. Pascal, I, I thought, did a very, a very good job. I like Pedro Pascal's performance better than I like Kristen Wiig's. Um, mm. But both of them were working with what they were given, and yeah, the way he was written was not really uniquely Maxwell Lord. But there's nothing, nothing wrong about that. No, I don't think saying. so. But he, w- he was like. He was definitely, like I said, he's 80s Maxwell Lord. We're mm-hmm, used to mm-hmm. 2000s Maxwell Lord yeah. that's head of Checkmate and a telepath and a this. And, like, it gave us some of – it gave us some of that telepathy with the, you know, with the stone and all of that stuff, which I loved just in passing. Oh, that was created by a Roman god. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Got okay. it. Cool. All right. That, in a weird way, is also very 80s. Like, we found this thing that this God made. And you're like, we don't, we're not going to talk about that Yeah, we're all, just going to, oh, we? okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. In some ways, it's very Indiana Jones. I was going to say, like, it's totally Indiana Jones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We found the Ark of the Covenant. We don't need to explain anything more than that. Nope. We're good. Like, that's That's nothing. all you need to know. Yeah, I, I, that, that was also again '80s movie, and I, I kind of liked that it just like it just skirted right over that nonsense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I liked what the, Pedro Pascal's, Pascal's performance. What I think I liked most about it is the um, that he would go in and out of an American accent, which he himself has an American yes. accent. So this is a deliberate this is a deliberate choice on his part that he is an immigrant with bl- with blonde hair. Trying to be American, mm. trying to have the American dream. Life is good, but it can, it can be, be better, better. right? Uh, um, this is like he is he is epitomizing what he has learned about the American dream through television by using television to give that out to everybody else. It's like it's like a snake eating its own tail. Yeah, 
I thought that was really good. That like, was very that's, the, that's where I think like, okay, this is this is actually really good writing from Jeff Johns. Right. Here. Those are the things that I really liked about the movie. Like the, mm-hmm. the, it, the, there is commentary there. It's saying something. It's it's demonstrating uh, something about about the struggles that that uh, somebody has you know at the time and still today has to go through um, to to gain acceptance and to be thought of as American. That's right. Um, when and it's all the want. movie the movie doesn't say that. So a lot of that is Pedro Pascal coming in with that. Mm. Maybe they talked about it off camera. Maybe they didn't. Uh, who's to say? Probably them. They would know. But I think that. I think again, in a lot of ways, eighties movies don't explain themselves. They just they That's just true. are. They Audience, just if you can't keep up, too bad. Sorry. Um, we're used to spoon fed films. Like, you know, like uh, I turn your attention to the Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons where like Tom Hanks has to sit somebody down and be like, here's the history of this thing. And here's the history of this thing and this thing and this thing. And we're on the run. But I'm going to tell you all this exposition. And now that you know all this stuff, now you know everything that's going to happen in Act 3. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And um, yeah. So I I liked... I, I I liked all of it. I liked Project Star Wars. That was you know uh, yeah. you know like that 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 fun inclusion. Truthfully, a little disappointed. His plan wasn't something to do with Omax. Oh yeah yeah okay fair. Um yeah I I didn't think about that. I did wonder if she was going to snap his neck. I also wondered that because yeah. that's a that's a big that's a big thing in the comics. Um, it would be in line with this version of wonder woman two, not the one in this movie but in the dceu it would not be unlike her to do that i mean she is a warrior from um from mm-hmm. themiscara that's right it, she's she she fought in world war one she doesn't she doesn't like killing people for the good of other people is is in her mm-hmm. you know her she was all list. ready to kill aries she was she was like gunning for it right with the sword in her dress and everything last time mm-hmm. um, exactly exactly so, and she's but she's, she's also killer. she's also using only defensive weapons in this movie yes. though, so you know it's it's a different she's yeah. she's gone a different way um just a little off topic have you did you see that picture that Zack snyder tweeted out of wonder woman in the crimean war no it was the placeholder picture they used before patty jenkins was hired and wonder woman was like going to take place in world war one and blah 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 the original intention was the crimean war instead so she's just surrounded by like all these super cool people oh i see it that's really cool i'll put this in show notes yeah it's so cool and i mean i really like the first wonder woman movie it's my favorite dceu movie um and so I love the World War One setting and all that, but the Crimean War would have been something else. Wow, yeah, 1854, this would have been... That's really, really cool. Yep. I like that a lot. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 could have, I could have seen that. Um, but um, I, I, that is to say, I could have seen them doing uh, the, the neck snapping uh, in this universe. Yep. But mm-hmm. um, but they didn't, and that's 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 fine. I I don't know that I'm relieved they didn't or anything like that. But just um, I don't think it would have served a purpose. It wouldn't here have. in the same way. Her message of love and self sacrifice would have been really tarnished if she was like right. neck snap. That's not Plus, the story they were telling. We've already seen a loved beloved superhero snacks snap somebody's uh, I, neck I, I, in these movies, yeah. Frank. We don't need to see it again. I was, I was going to say we've seen it. We've seen it once, and so like at this point, what's you know. 
And who's to say how many next Batman has snapped, you know, in between movies. So, um, yeah. So, um, I thought it was good, but not great. I think it, it falls pretty much in the middle of the DCEU movies for me, which my, if, you know, I put them in order, they're like all over the place, you know, like what I, you know, it's Wonder Woman and then it's Batman v Superman and then it's Aquaman, you know, so it's like, it's like, and then it's Man of Steel. So like the taste ranges all over the place, but it, it, it's right in the middle. It could have done some things better. Um, probably be less comic booky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that I think the first one is not comic booky, really. Until you get to the end with Ares and and now it's a big smoke monster fight and you're like that it actually took away from the power of the first movie and I think that this movie gets both of those endings like it it gives you both like it gives you the quiet inspirational message ending um, that we see in every uh, Supergirl season Um, and then we also get the um, and then we also get the um, I'm going to kick your butt ending for yes. traditional superhero movies so yes it's it you get potato and potato which is which is good um but it's fine i think something like things like the gold armor were hyped and unnecessary in some ways like it was like this is to sell a, this felt like more like to sell a toy than to um than to serve a like there was a narrative purpose to it you know but uh you know the kind of like hero that you are and honoring that legacy. Great to see Linda Carter show up at the that end. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Wearing her own Wonder Woman bracelets and everything. It almost made me think like for a hot second, I was like, did you just canonize the Wonder Woman television show? Like just for the briefest of seconds, but a little bit, a little bit. I don't think so, bit. but a little and bit. You know, that's what Jeff Johns does, doesn't he? Like he he's really good at, at folding in old old uh, continuity and making it sort of part of the new continuity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He is. So what a in a person. sense in a sense that's that's what they did here. Yeah, it was um, you know, it was a fun watch, and it had good parts. It had some not so good parts, uh, but I enjoyed myself watching it. And you're right; it didn't feel like two and a half hours. It felt shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was a good, it was a good Christmas, you know, blockbuster um, release mm-hmm. uh, for me. Anyway, so yeah, I I uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. You know, I think it was a B. I give it a B. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. It's I, um, I I'm just like it's okay to find movies okay. Yes. Or something okay. Things can just be good. They don't have to be the greatest thing ever every time you see it because no one, nothing will ever live up to that standard because the yeah. greatest thing ever, will on, that bar will only get higher it, it, and you yourself will only push it there. Yeah. Nobody else will do it but you and you then you will eventually always be disappointed. You need to rate these things on a scale from one to ten, not seven to ten, because like if seven is 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 you know is your zero essentially, like that's that's an unfair standard. Like that is just mm-hmm. an unfair standard. You can't have, you know, the the bottom of the scale be be a seven, something that's like a, a solid B or B minus or whatever you want to call it. Like that that's I don't know. That just seems like overly critical and unnecessarily critical. It was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't Patty Jenkins' best movie. That's fine. I'm still excited to see her 
um, tackle Star Wars. Me I too. I still think she's a great director. I still think Jeff Johns is a great writer. I still think Gal, Gal Gadot is is incredible as Wonder Woman. Um, actually, everyone seems to agree that she was like the best part about the movie. Even people who didn't like the movie are like, no, but she's fantastic. Like she's she's great. She's so good. Yeah, she's great. She she's got it all down. There's a warmth about her that really emanates off screen, um, and into our hearts. And I love that about her. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, she hard, has hard that. Agree. She has that. Um, if I if I may, she has that Christopher Reeve quality. I totally that know what you mean. She can say, "I stand for truth and justice," and the Amazonian way, mm-hmm. and say, "And I go, I believe you. I believe that you actually do stand for that because you're a good person." Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like. I think that's her. That's her greatest strength. Um, and she she displays a, a lot of emotion in this film, which I also um, which I also appreciated. Um, you know, it wasn't all just kick butt. And uh, so, Frank, this was wonderful. Why don't you tell the people where they can find us? You all can find us at BeerWithGeeks.com. That's our home on the internet for this show. And from there, you can go to a a whole host of other places. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or anything like that. Um, And you can... Uh, you can help us out by, by doing that. You know, if you're listening in your web browser or, uh, you know, sitting at your desk or, or wherever you might be, that's awesome. And thank you so much for doing that. But if you want to hit subscribe and, you know, it's, it's free to subscribe and you can, you can get every episode, um, as they, as they get released straight to your, your podcast app of choice. We're on all the apps, all the voice assistants, all that fun stuff. Um, you can also, uh, email us, gmail.com send us feedback, send us your thoughts, um, if you disagree with something we say, uh, or, or hard agree with something we say, uh, feel free to, to share it with us there or on Twitter at Beer with Geeks. You can also, uh, find all of our other projects. Um, if you go to beerwithgeeks.com, you'll find links to Thought Bubble Audio where you'll see, uh, that's our network that this show is a part of. And we host uh, a few other podcasts on the network as well. And some of our friends do too. So check those out at thoughtfulaudio.com. And, uh, after you've done all those things, you've supported us so, so much. And thank you so much for doing that. If you still want to, um, to help us out, if you want to help pay some bills around here, um, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. And that would be a tremendous help where you can, uh, you can get all kinds of uh, uh, fun fun rewards uh, for subscribing for as little as a buck a month, uh, which works out to about a quarter per episode, which seems like a, a decent deal to me. Anyway, thank mm-hmm. you for, for listening. Thank you for supporting us in all those various and sundry ways. That was very nice, Frank. I thought that you you really you really got the point across what we were what we're about and where you can find us. No, it was really... good, but it can be better. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, Frank, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, I'm going to hit record again on this other thing in the jig. That's good. You know, the thing the thing about jigs, the the thing that you know you really need to record That's on. That's what Frank. makes the whole jig go round, you know what I'm That's saying? That's right. Your yeah. thing, the thing makes the jig go round, it does. you know. It mm-hmm. does. It, it surely yeah. does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. You Welcome understand. to Beer with Geeks, where Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island we will discuss. Mm. Mm. Yes. Imagine if that was your teacher voice. It is my teacher voice. No. <laughs> no wonder you get such great feedback from the kids. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I get something. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right.
Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my wonderful friend who loves the 80s. It's Frank. How are you today? I am wearing leg warmers, and I have shoulder pads, and I'm at uh, a disco I'm, called Tech I, I got Noir. A, I, I got a better opening. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I got a better opening. 